This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Nightly recap. If you listened last night, it was really loud and uh, noisy because we were doing. We thought it would be fun to do it in Quark's bar, and now we realize that recording audio in a bar is probably a bad idea because you can't hear anything. Don't worry, we can bring the noise. Right. So I'm here tonight with a different recap with more, with some fun people. I'm here with uh, all four of the women at Warp. Yeah. Welcome them. We're clapping and for ourselves. Clap for yourselves. <laughs> and I'm going to introduce them from the, my left to the right, but if you're listening at home, it's from your right to your left. Uh, we have Andy down there. Hi. And Andy, you, uh, where are you from, Andy? I'm from Chicago. Yeah, we're going to have to do a lot of mic sharing. For this. <laughs> we have a couple of uh, drinks here on the table, even though of we're not course. in the bar. Okay. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's from Chicago. And you're one of the more intriguing members of the Women at Warp. I mean, of, of the four, it's an equal equal four, but um, you are the newest to Star Trek, right? Yes, I actually just started watching Star Trek three years ago. So right. it was kind of uh, mind-blowing to think that three years ago I was sitting down and going, all I know about Star Trek is Will Wheaton wears bad sweaters. <laughs> and then started uh, live tweeting my first time through Star Trek. And right. then now here I'm in Vegas with three of my best friends in the world who I met through the Star Trek fandom. Awesome. Just like having a great time. And I think that really says a lot about Star Trek and how it brings people together. But you were a super geek in other topics prior to Star Trek. You oh, were, yes. What were your favorite fandom things? You were into... Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor Who is a big one. Okay. I have my own fourth Doctor scarf. I almost packed it just to troll people. <laughs> uh, I saw a guy dressed as him yeah, yesterday. I did, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw him when I was... And I was like, I have that scarf. Yeah. Um, Buffy, Harry Potter, okay. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, you name All it. All the classics. All the classics. Okay, good. Now we have next to you, we have uh, Sue. Yes. And Sue, where are you from? I am from New York City. Hey, I didn't know that. I'm from New York. Where yeah. in New York do you live? I am in Brooklyn. Hey, I'm from Queens. We're going to fight <laughs> Let's later. Let's go. Like, like, like Peter Parker Let's take it outside. and Steve Rogers. Um, I live in Astoria, and I have lived there for many, many years. Um, and then to your right, we have Grace. Yeah. Where are you from, Grace? I'm a Seattleite and proud. Okay. I've never been to Seattle. I've always wanted to You're go. You're missing out. Yeah, yeah. Gray skies and gray attitudes. <laughs> <laughs> and then to Grace's right, we have... 
Jarrah. Jarrah. And Jarrah's from Canada. Who let her in the house? Yeah, well, uh, we had the launch of the Starfleet Academy experience in Ottawa, where I'm from, so that's like our Star Trek claim to fame now. Right. You're from you're from the capital, from yeah, Ottawa. The, they, the, be, the beautiful parliament building, so I'm told, right? Yeah, they're pretty cool. They yeah. were like kind of gothic architecture, and then they all burned down, and they built them again. And, yeah. You know, it's... That's like our most exciting thing. So, so. Well, <laughs> that's about it. No, that's where John and, Yo- John and Yoko had their bed in, in Ottawa. Yeah. Oh. That's like kind of the only thing I know about Ottawa. You just made Ottawa incrementally, yeah, they, exponentially. They sexier. wanted to do it elsewhere <laughs> and they wouldn't, we weren't allowed. They were kicked out and they had Ottawa to go to Ottawa. was just the right level of rebellious. Right. Just, yeah. They were too nice to kick him out of bed. Okay, sorry. We don't want to kick you out. Yeah. Um, okay, well, if that's what you want to do. Cool. We have the sexy prime minister. So that's the, Oh, that's Justin. Trudeau, right? Yeah. He's very handsome. Yeah, I think he has <laughs> he, once made a Vulcan sign in a picture, so we're cool. He's very handsome. He speaks fluent French, and uh, he's, a, he's a lovely guy. He really is. Yeah. Okay, so what's great about uh, The Women at Warp, which is a podcast that, that I mean, this, you are a collective yes. of four strong voices, but you are also a podcast that, that people can listen to at uh, womenatwarp.com. Is, yes, it that, exactly. is it that simple to get to? Okay, yeah. awesome. And um, you are the first other podcasts that we featured on the Engage podcast, which is something I've been wanting to do for a while. That's awesome. But have not, have not had a chance it's, to do. It's a pleasure to be here. Because there are some great <laughs> other podcasts that I uh, that I love listening to that are not my own, and ours is relatively <laughs> new. Um, so this is cool. And to my great shame, this is episode, I don't know the exact episode of, of the, what this is. It's probably 12 or so. I could look it up. Okay. And you, and this is, I'm, Embarrassed about this, and it was not in my intention. Uh, you are among the first women to be on the show. Well, the important thing is that you're making the effort. Right. We had one, uh, a very good friend of mine. What I did for Star Trek Beyond, uh, we did um, a critics roundtable after the film, and uh, my great friend uh, Allison Wilmore came on. She's the film critic at BuzzFeed, and she is the only yes. female that has been on the show. But Allison, who I love dearly, I've passed out drunk at her house. <laughs> She, that is a true sign of affection. Right, no. And she at mine, I think, also. Uh, Allison uh, does not really care for Star Trek that much. Okay. Oh. So, I mean, she's like, uh, uh, you ask her, perfect. Yeah, you ask her, do you like Star Trek? She's like, yeah, sure, you know, okay. uh, the Spock, yeah. he's got pointy ears, right? I got more important things to do. So um, you were the first women Star Trek fans we've yes. had on the show. We care for Star Trek a great deal. A great deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, there is to probably still lingering to with many people a misconception that Star Trek is a dude thing. Oh yeah. And I think just be, by being around you you folks tell me by looking around the convention today I, I don't want to misrepresent and say it's an even 50-50 split because mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's far from 50-50. Do you disagree or agree? Pretty much. I would pretty much agree. Yeah. You think it's like maybe yeah. 58 to 42 male yeah. to female? I would also say like Star Trek's never been only for men that... No, no, like, I'm not saying, I'm just saying oh, but the fan course. base. I'm yeah. saying the fan I base is... Yeah. I think that the fan base should know if they don't already that we wouldn't even have Star Trek fandom if it weren't for women in fandom. Mm. That like B. Joe Trimble with John Trimble, of course, yeah. um, did the letter writing campaign, but it was women who started the first fanzines who brought us... Kirk and Spock fan fiction. <laughs> right. It was women who started the first conventions. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't be here today Absolutely. if not for women in fandom. I yeah. want you to know that earlier today, much seems like uh, Bija was sitting in 
that very chair. Ooh, oh my gosh. And, and so you can rub your behind on that chair if you want to get some of that. Uh, she was in that chair. The, uh, and J- John was in your chair. Okay, well, yeah, he's, he's a, pretty cool. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's a cool it's guy. It's like me and Bajo's butts have hugged now. <laughs> She's a pretty, pretty nifty gal. Hashtag so, butt hug. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, do you think there still is a misconception that, that, that Star Trek fans yes. are dudes? Um, and I, uh, I think it's uh, not true. Yeah. I, I think that uh, you know, Star Trek fans, certainly the, the gender divide is, is pretty close to, to equal. Um, and I think diversity-wise, it's not as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. But it is not. Um, I have a lot of other interests other than Star Trek. Very few other interests than Star Trek. <laughs> like I'm a very big fan. You can la- you're now welcome to laugh at me. I'm a huge fan of the jam band Fish. Nice. Which is, yeah. she laughed. There you go. With the pH. Yeah. And people, I had a friend lose a shoe at one of their shows once. Yeah. Well, whatever you do, take care of your shoes. That's one of the, the lyrics. Yeah. So she did yeah. it wrong. Um, they didn't do it. Fish do uh, it. people. I love them. Many people deplore them. That's fine. <laughs> and it's only it's all white dudes. And there's and and but it's all white dudes who wish it wasn't all white. It's not like mm-hmm. it's a yeah. it's a clan rally or something. But it's like <laughs> it's just like. We're white. Oh, we're a bunch of white dudes, and I wish that there were there was more diversity, and there's not. But Star Trek fans, I think, uh, are doing a better job of 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 including other people. So um, that's that. I've now gotten on my high horse there. Oh, so yeah, it's a good <laughs> horse to ride. It's certainly been a welcoming convention, and I think there's still a little work to do to have diverse people on stage in terms of gender, but also race and other other types of identification. But it's it doesn't feel it feels like a family yeah so it's just like the moment you walk in no matter who you are you can talk to someone and you can connect because you all love star trek so much yeah that's the funniest thing about this convention to me people say well what do you do i mean yeah you can go to the panels or you can buy stuff but like part of the most fun thing is just kind of walking around and talking to people and saying hey look at you can i get a picture of you so um so, uh, but do you think that Star Trek is a little bit more welcoming to women than uh, other quote-unquote geek topics like gaming or uh, you know other like you know other sort of Comic Con type things, comic books, DC Comics, Marvel Comics? Is there there is a, a bit of a there was a problem with gaming about a year ago. Um, There's still a problem still, in gaming. <laughs> I'm too old. I don't play video games. They're very complicated. I'm an old man, so I don't and know. And he's if a I'm... resident hardcore gamer. Okay, so you you get griefed on. Is that the term? Uh, yeah, is it that... can be tough to be a woman in gaming. Yeah. The thing about Star Trek, though, that is a little bit different is that Star Trek, at its core, is a hope for a future where none of those divisions matter. Yeah. So you have in most Star Trek fans at least the knowledge that that is a goal that we should get to, which is super helpful when you're trying to convince people that diversity matters and representation matters and all that stuff, because if you're a fan of a show that is all about that and that their goal and hope for the future is that, and the mission statement is that, that kind of puts you on a leg up. But I do think that unconsciously, sometimes we put barriers up and I mean, the, even the idea that Star Trek is a dude thing, you know, makes yeah. women that are interested in it from the start feel like, oh, maybe I'm, am I, am I doing this? Am, am I, I supposed to like yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, okay. You know what I, I mean? I think that's changing, but I think that yeah. was definitely the case, you know, 
in the late 80s and early 90s when when Next Generation was a, a new show, there'd be a lot of girls that'd be like, I'm not going to, like, if I do like that, I'm going to keep that to myself. Exactly. It's not cool. I mean, yeah. as opposed to Andy, I grew up with, with Star Trek, uh, literally. <laughs> and it was something that you start to be excited about when you hear other people talking about it and yeah. then you get the... The, the blowback of you're not supposed to like that that's not for you yeah. you're a girl this what are you doing game, not yours. and so it makes you self-conscious about everything and then you don't necessarily speak about it to other people mm. yeah. so I've had a lot of friends who we're sort of in like a geek renaissance now where being a geek is celebrated right it's very new yeah. yeah and I've had a lot of friends who who have, I guess, come out of the geek closet yeah. during that time say, I was just afraid to talk about this before because I didn't want to get bullied. Yeah. I'm almost at a point now where I feel comfortable reading a comic book on the subway. <laughs> it's, like, it's like wearing sweatpants outside. Like It's like something you just can't do in public. It's just not right. But I, I feel like I can do it. Some days I'm just like, I don't care. There was a time I felt really strong I'm like I don't even care and I don't even care mm -hmm. that it's the Harley Quinn and Power Girl comic I'm reading that which is the most ridiculous and potentially sexist maybe I don't know but the unless the way, Amanda Connors and yeah she she is but uh, <laughs> yes but it was the, her with her and Jimmy Pagliotti stuff is awesome yeah yeah but with uh, reading comics on the subway is yeah. that the kids on the subway always want to see what you're reading and sometimes they're not kid friendly right right <laughs> also another fun one is everyone who sees you have a comic usually will have an opinion about it oh yeah to this day, I still, if I'm reading like a comic on the bus, will get, oh, is that your boyfriend's? Oh, snap. At one point. Uh, and you yell at them. You tell them to shut up. I said, no, it's mine. I love this comic. I've been reading it for years. Aww. And by the way, this entire long box on my lap full of <laughs> comics. I wouldn't carry that for a boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is all me, baby. Well, I do think that's changing. And I think that future generations are like, I don't mean future generations. I think in 10 years. People are not going to say that. Yeah, and God willing. It's the women at Warp, uh, the young women of Warp, who <laughs> are uh, on the forefront of this. So, so that's that's really cool. So, but part of the utopia of Star Trek is I don't just want to talk to you about women's issues. Right. I want to talk to you about Star Trek. All right. So, although I did say that we were going to talk about the Orion Syndicate beer. Yeah. Sure. So let's look. We're drinking okay. official Federation of beer. Yeah. And is the image, the iconography? of the Orion slave girl, is this a sexist microaggression? I'm gonna go down the line, and you tell me, is this, is this kosher? Is this like as a guy, like the same? So, there was, yeah, go, here. please. You. So, it depends what series is your favorite. Because if you're watching Enterprise, then the Orion slave women are really in charge of everything. Right, they control the men, so, yeah. Part of the great things about Star Trek is that you can kind of headcanon it what way you want to. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, for me, I'm just like, I think it's fun. I, I'm a big fan of Federation of Beer and their Warnog and their Vulcan yeah, Ale, yeah, yeah. which they launched in like Vulcan, Alberta. Okay. So, being a Canadian, right, right. <laughs> I have to bring this up because we have like an inferiority complex. No, what are you talking about? You've got healthcare. You can break your arm and you'll be taken care of. It's fine. And she looks like a really talented dancer. So, she, does. Nothing, she looks like an empowered, talented dancer. Well, it's, it's a sex positive message that you're bringing and but not only that yeah. it's it's um it also has sort of the i don't even want to say kitsch value i i want to say like you know oh star trek's uh, green the green skinned women mm. is like a is like an icon so there is i think that gets a pass right they are definitely a sex symbol and this label is definitely playing on some of the pinup iconography there's oh, even yeah. a little bit of mooka going on here mm. that i'm really digging right, i don't know what mooka is what is alphonse mooka is an art nouveau artist very famous oh. for doing a lot of advertisements and i 
think a lot of cathedral artwork actually oh. so yeah. fun combo there <laughs> you see also, lots of nature lots of flowing hair it's yeah. usually muka so yeah. so uh sexist microaggression or kosher for uh well again i do really think it's playing on the kitsch factor okay. and again it's also kind of a pretty good throwback to the you know sort of sailor jerry beer uh dutch girl right st paulie girl yeah exactly so a lot of it is what you bring to it if it's like if a bunch of dudes are and I'm, I'm being serious now let's say i'm uh a bunch of guys are, are, are you know, what do, what do men do? Watching the game or whatever. <laughs> and they're going to crack open some brews, nah. and it's like, hey. oh, check out the knockers on this on this Orion she's girl. Actually, the knocker-wise, she's pretty well covered up, actually. There's just a little, there's just some under-boobage going. Yeah. Totally out of proportion. I no, yeah. yeah. I mean, but. I mean, she looks rather flexible, right. but not yeah. unreasonably so. so. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely created for the male gaze. Yeah. Right. right? And, and not, got, you're saying male gaze, not G-A-Y-S. You're you're saying the male <laughs> G-A-Z-E. right the male gaze of right. Uh, yeah right so and, in the house right. <laughs> <laughs> made to appeal to straight men yeah let's say um, but I think we've got a little bit of the problem that we often get in comic book poses where it might not the actually be physically possible oh I know exactly what we're way. talking about yeah, yeah. Um, the Escher spine if, yes. yes. if you don't know what I'm talking about I encourage people to look up the, the what is it the Hawkeye project yeah. Hawkeye, yeah. Hawkeye, yeah. Hawkeye initiative initiative that's yeah. the word I couldn't think there of was that one cat, it was a Catwoman cover that yeah, really yes. broke the back of yeah. this issue because she had a broken spine. Right. Yes. And it's like somehow her rear end and her breasts were like. That's the boobs and butt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we are no strangers to it. Right. right. She's actually not doing that. Which no, she's not. Doing. It's pretty cool. She actually yeah. looks like she's dancing and having a good so, time. So once again, Star Trek has proven to be a cut above. <laughs> right? It's a little bit. Wow. Because I mean, some of the '60s pre presentation I've seen of women. Worse. Yeah. Right. Okay. Put it that way. It's delicious. Right. 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 It goes down smoother right. than a shrivel on silk. Right. <laughs> I mean, some of the the representation of women in original series was of its time and therefore horrible. Yes. But then you also have Uhura yeah. on the bridge, and oftentimes, you know, there was that one episode where she's down fixing. The wires and Spock is like, I could, what is the line? I could think of no one better to be serving with More us today. Capable. More capable, yeah. Um, so that's awesome. And it's 50 years ago awesome, which yeah. is, makes it 50 times more awesome. But then you have some images that are, you know, not the greatest. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle along the way, is what it is, I guess, right? You take the good with the bad. Right. And that's the facts of life. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll just say quickly, like, I think that. For us, it's important to still look at that, even though it was a product of its time because it's being used to create new media today and to say like, hey, if we were doing this today, yeah. here's how we do it better. And Well, maybe Enterprise is a good example of that. They brought back the Orion Slave Girl. And they, <laughs> no, and they, and they, like you said earlier, they said, but, but guess what? But underneath the hood, she was in charge. Yeah, I think it was a bit mixed because it was still kind of like flipping. It just flipped from instead of women are the victims, it flipped to women are the praying mantises that you should never trust because they're going to use sexuality to disarm you men. Right. Yeah. Uh, All right, so fair enough. So it was just from one stereotype kind of to another. Yeah, but I think... But a more empowering stereotype. Yeah. You know, definitely a better... If you're going to have a stereotype, sure. one of those. A great of stereotype, <laughs> right. for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think stuff has definitely got better. We all love Star Trek. We just want to talk about, let's be honest about what it did awesome and yeah. like what it did less awesome what, did, what, what did could you, do better. What did you think of uh, 
the representation of women in the new film. In Much better. Much better. Let's go down the line. Well, you're, you're doing a dance, so I guess. <laughs> because some, uh, my friend Allison Wilmer, who I mentioned earlier, who I'm going to force to listen to this episode because she doesn't listen to any of my shows because she doesn't like Star Trek, <laughs> she was unimpressed with Ahura. They're like, ah, she was barely in the movie. I'm like, she saved Scott, uh, Spock's hide in one moment. And then I also think that Jayla is a pretty cool character. And others disagree. So, uh, Andy, what do you say? Well, I would say first off that we did an episode on Beyond <laughs> that will be coming out. Okay, so, so we can you listen can, to that if, you, if you're interested in hearing our full opinions, that's there. Um, but just in general, I think if we're even talking this this new trilogy of movies, I think it's by far the best mm. for women. You've got Jayla, who has her own arc outside of male characters. I think Uhura got a lot more to do. Um, she's definitely on par with the other supporting characters. It's not just about her and Spock this time around. Yeah. And you had a lot more just random diversity. You had, you know, Shori Agadashlu playing an amazing Commodore. Right, right. In, in two scenes, but that in in the old that just would in in the old days that just would have been a white guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, even in time. Into yeah. Darkness, you have a scene with most of Starfleet Command, and it's like wall-to-wall white guys, and then yeah. occasionally in the long shots, you can see some women, but, you know, even in the background scenes of Beyond, you see gender diversity, you see race diversity, you see aliens and body yeah. diversity and all sorts of things that they just, in the even in the extras casting, is yeah. just better. Yeah, okay, So that's cool. exciting. Yeah. Women have ranks! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> That, that's a huge one, that the, the uniforms finally have rank insignia on them. Oh, okay. Because uh, they didn't in the first two movies, right, if right. you had noticed. And apparently, um, we have Carl Urban yeah. to thank Woo! for that. That's the story, so, yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. Thanks, but, Carl. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we have... It, it's something that they you, you hear a lot if you uh, follow the, the Gina Davis Institute for, for diverse, women in right. media, diversity media. I don't remember the full name of it, and I've been drinking this beer. Um, <laughs> but they say that one of the, the most effective and simple things you can do is make your background scenes, um, say, you know, a crowd gathers, 50% of which are women. Right. And it felt to me in Beyond that they really did that, that they which listened to this critique. Which would seem to be Obvious. the most common sense thing because... Right. In life, where one goes, at least in this country, you know, mm -hmm. in some countries women are not allowed to drive, but in America, you see 50% right. are women. So. And we, we did. We saw that. We saw in these crowd scenes, we saw a lot of women. We saw a lot of different races, as Andy was saying. Yeah. For the first time that I can recall, I even saw body diversity in Star Trek. Like, there were some bigger people running some consoles yeah. on... Um, Oh, yeah, there town. was that dude. Who yeah. was that guy? Uh, it was just a guy. Yeah. And he was not like a medium, which was amazing. He's awesome sauce. He's an awesome sauce. Yeah, he was a, a, a fully seated gentleman, as, as I like to refer to myself. Um, yeah, and and then there was also uh, very small, like uh, Keenzer had more to do. Yeah, yeah. and Keenzer has a friend, and Keenzer's little friend is even littler. <laughs> Kevin, right? That's his name. Uh, yeah, I hope so. And and Keenzer has has acidic snot, which is wonderful. Um, do you not? Only only on very very bad days. <laughs> Too much. Right, 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 right. But not yeah. of syndicate lager. Right, not of the syndicate lager. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 
This is Engage. Engage. The official Star Trek podcast. Energize. Uh, all right, so I just so uh, I just admitted, um, said, but I wanted to talk about other topics. So, collective women at warp individuals, <laughs> which are you for? <laughs> what we want to do with these nightly recaps is, how was your day? What did you see today at the convention? This Let's start so with you, Jara. Yeah. So this is my fourth Star Trek Las Vegas, which I think is more than any of us. Um, and you're gonna lord that over the rest of them, right? No, I'm just saying that this makes maybe I maybe this makes this a tiny bit more significant that I think this was actually my best Star Trek Las Vegas day of four years. Awesome, great. And part of that was Whoopi Goldberg, and yes. I didn't think necessarily it was going to be amazing. I thought, yeah, we'll go see Whoopi because she's never done a con. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. But it was so powerful to see especially the cosplayers playing Guinan got to go up on stage with yeah, her and talk about great. how she affected them as a character and people coming up to the mic one after another and saying how she affected them as a person of color, as a woman and being trusted, so trusted by Picard. It was so moving and she was funny. She yeah. read the room really well. Yeah. I just, I think Whoopi was really the highlight. I of think my it day. was probably really great for her because she's always been, I mean, she asked for that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had won the Oscar for mm -hmm. Ghost and she could have done anything. She said, I want to be on Star Trek. And her agent thought she was crazy. Yeah. And he's like, no, I want to be on Star Trek. And they, and they, Changed everything to make mm -hmm. it happen, and she was only in X amount of episodes. Um, some really great ones, some of the best. Mm -hmm. Yesterday's Enterprise, Times Arrow, some of the yeah. best ones. Measure of a Man. Measure, measure of a Man, yeah. And um, <laughs> had a great rapport with Picard. Absolutely. Some even argue that perhaps she and Picard had a, a love affair. At one well, point. she the theory she has. Oh, what did she say? I did. I couldn't go to the panel. I had to talk to uh, Dominic Keating and Connor Trenier okay. in this very room, so I was unable to see. She what said that um, Gene Roddenberry told her that that Guinan was very, 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 very a lot more varies, very old and very wise. Yeah. And that it is very possible that some of the main characters that we know are her great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren. So her theory is that wait, wait, Picard wait, wait, wait. is one Back of her up. descendants. Yep. Wait, yep. How, how, could that, how does that make sense? How can they be because of time dilation or something? She was um... No, that her, her race is very long lost. Oh, 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 okay. So, She's Elorian. Yeah, no, no, I know that. But how, how could someone like Picard be related to her... She basically went back to Earth during the Mark Twain time, or maybe oh, earlier. Oh, okay, that thing. She was still she right. was on Earth during when Mark Twain was around, or earlier, and then she slept with one of Picard's ancestors. So, Gene Roddenberry said this to her. He, That's what she said. He told her. She said in the in those vague terms that she could be an ancestor oh. of, of some of our, our main characters oh. that we know very well. She also had did that she could have hooked up with Q. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were some fun insinuations. Wow. There. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg and Q together. That's uh, that would be fun. But you were about to say uh, so you, you had like a you were about to make a oh, point. I was about like, to say the same thing. Oh, um, yeah, you were both had Q on the mind. We were, well, <laughs> always. Grace was the one who flagged us when um, mm. we were standing on the hallway by the Anton Yelchin, Yelchin Memorial. Yeah. And Whoopi came out to sign it, oh. and we got to we were like four feet away when Whoopi was signing the memorial, and we looked at her signature afterwards yeah. but it was just it was a really moving moment yeah 
one icon paying tribute to another. Mm -hmm. That's not the kind of thing you get to see in person every day in your life. And there was no fanfare about it. She just came out of when she was done with photos and just, you know, did what she needed to do and turned and walked away. Yeah. That was all. And it was it was really lovely. Yeah, she seems to be a very genuine person. I mean, she doesn't need to be here. She's not here for the money. I mean, mm-hmm. she's probably making a few bucks, let's be honest, <laughs> but she doesn't need the money. Uh, she's here because she's always loved Star Trek. It was her dream gig. She was able to do whatever she wanted, and, and it was this. So Yeah, should we all be so lucky? Yeah. Right? And then later, uh, Nichelle Nichols was on stage with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nichelle, they gave her like a um, uh, sort of a uh, salute type thing. Yeah. And then uh, she was on stage, and then they brought be back sort of as a surprise and there was a I, I, I didn't see it so uh, there was sort of an embrace that happened there or a wave or a they sort of leaned on each other Aww. and it was very sweet and Whoopi said that you know she should be very thankful of uh, or she should recognize the influence that she had on so many people she started with saying you know forget anything just let's talk about women and the influence that you had on women in the space program and to be able to see that you had important roles in the future and then let's look at all of the other things and women of color in particularly in particular and so that was it was a really powerful day that really spoke to the importance of representation how diversity does matter to show on screen even today but especially in the 1960s yeah 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 no i i think uh you know, there's that whole story. She wanted to leave the show, mm-hmm. and somebody told her not to leave. That somebody happened to be Martin Luther King. That's a hell of a guy to tell yeah. you to give you career no advice. Shit. You know, so. Uh, yeah, one of the most uh, amazing things that Whoopi said today was that one of the things that struck her from Uhura's performance is that black people are not portrayed in the future that at, when she was growing up, you never saw black people in the future. And we actually did an episode on Uhura where we had uh, a guest named Angelique Rocher from mm-hmm. Black Girl Nerds, and that's the exact same thing she said to us, that when she was growing up, you know, even 20 years later or whatever, um, that that was the thing that struck her too. She was like, we're there, you know, yeah. we, we made it. You know, and I, th- I think people sometimes forget that that matters. It, even if you're not noticing it, you're noticing it. Your brain is taking that in subconsciously. And yeah. if you're not represented, what they're basically telling you is you don't matter to the future. And oh, yeah. So I mean, it almost means more for science fiction than exactly. for a, a story just set today. Absolutely. And also fantasy. Because if you have a fantasy world and you don't have any people of color, what does right. that say about your utopia? Right. <laughs> it says that dragons are more believable than people right. of color. <laughs> right. You're willing so, to write elvish but not have a single person. Yeah. Who is any darker than beige right. doing something wrong? <laughs> right. um, well, which is why I think that in the new movie, the uh, the Sulu uh, husband scene uh, was perfect. And I had I had Doug Young on the show, who, as you know, was the writer and was not planning to be Sulu's husband. And it was like the day of the other actor they got just vanished. Mm-hmm. And um, hope he's okay. <laughs> nobody knows. I I was wondering. He Doug said I can. I have no idea. But they were shooting that in um, Dubai, mm-hmm. and they were trying to hire local actors. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. what I hope is not the case is that the actor said, if I play a gay character, I'm never going to work again, or I'm going to have problems living here because it's not the most uh, welcoming society there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's true. That's just me talking out my rear end. But what I thought was great about that sequence was I saw the movie twice. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw it was a press screening in New York. And the only reaction was, oh, people applauded. 
because people knew it was coming. You know, it was people in the media, and they were like, that's the scene we read about. There it is. This is great. And people applauded. Second time I saw it was with the public, and there was no reaction. It was like just a scene. And I think that maybe was even better. You yeah. know, that was just like, oh, uh, we're in the moment because we're with Kirk. It's kind of a, it's really Kirk's scene in a way. Yeah. It's not Sula's moment. It's Kirk's moment. He's like, oi, my life. I got to get my act together. Look at Sula's got a nice family and I got bupkis. Kirk is a Shatner's version of Kirk is extremely Jewish. Yeah, that, is he is the, that is very true. Very Jewy Jew. In a, and I mean this in the best possible way. There are moments where uh, there are moments in... It's not quite like Oya's These face. Tribbles, where do they come from? But there's a lot of like when he does his funny, it's like, eh, you know, he does a lot of that. You know, he's playing Fizzbin. There's a lot of, there's a little bit of his uh, his shtick in there. And in some of the looks Good between. Good usage of shtick. Yeah, and his looks in between. between I, I've been meaning to do, and I think I'm going to do it time for uh, the high holidays this year, a, a Jewish Star Trek episode um, because there is a lot of. Uh, hidden. We'll, we'll talk. My people will talk to your people. <laughs> I have a, the chosen people. I have a lot of people who want to be on this episode because there is a lot of um, uh, signaled Jewish material oh, in the original series yes. that a lot of people may not be... Star hidden. Trek is hella Jewy. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and Worf is Moses, by the way. Isn't he? Worf is, Worf is Moses. He, he was has elderly basket. Jewish right. acting parents. Right. Drinks, yeah. drinks prune juice. Oh, yeah. It's it's very funny. <laughs> Complains a lot. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, I derailed us. Yeah, way to go. Don't be, don't uh, be. Uh, so anyway, uh, that is what's happening with uh, with Sulu and that. So I think, yeah, and it was, of course, in a way, in retrospect, it's kind of funny. The one guy who didn't like the Sulu thing was George George Takei. And Takei, apparently but, it grew on him. Yeah, yeah. He, he backpedaled a little bit once he saw it, but... Yeah. Um, what what was really funny was I did um, I did an episode of the show uh, uh, and we interviewed George and before I spoke to George and before the movie came mm-hmm. out I was schmoozing with Brad whom I've met three times and Brad remembers me George does not remember me he's a busy guy <laughs> and Brad's like oh I know you so we were talking and um, you know I was just saying uh, this had, was a couple days after Brian Fuller had. Um, uh, made the strong implication that there will be a gay character in the new show. He didn't say it, say it, but he's like pretty much said it. And I mentioned this to Brad. I'm like, you know, the new show, it looks like there'll finally be a gay character, which George has been talking about for a long time, and many of us have. And he's like, I know. And then he told me about the scene, which had not come out, the story hadn't come out yet, about Sulu in the movie. And mm. Brad, I hope I'm allowed, I hope I'm not getting anybody in trouble. Brad seemed to be really into it. Mm. And then the story came out that George wasn't into it. But they fight all the time, the two of them. That's kind of their shtick. If you ever see them, they're always arguing each other. So I was very surprised to read that George wasn't into it because I'm like, well, Brad seemed to like it. He knew it when he told me, so I don't know. Yeah, well, I think that later he he sort of said he was excited that at least there was a gay character. Right. I think that it was important in the timing in the movie, even though it wasn't incredibly important in the story, but it was important that we saw Kirk say, hey, there's Sulu and his family. They're just as awesome as any other family. That's really sweet. And then we got to see Sulu kick ass for the rest of the movie. And he did that crazy flying maneuver in the canyon. I love that scene. And there's no point where Kirk or anyone else questions him 
for being gay. And No, they've known him for years. Of course. Yeah. 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 So I think it was really important. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Quig, just acknowledge how cool it is that we're going to be getting an openly gay man as the showrunner for our next Star Trek series. And right. a guy who has um, had a very good history of saying that he is gender blind sometimes when casting characters and race blind. Good yeah. example there, yeah. Hannibal. I'm very excited to see what could happen with that. Well, the lead, well, um, I have said before on the podcast, I don't really know for sure, but we are in Vegas. I should bet on this. I am certain that the lead character in the new show is a woman. I'm certain of it. Yeah. Good Lord, um, I want to bet I, on those. Yeah, I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it. So well, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll still love the show. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure of it. I think even Quark so. would take those off. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Brian Fuller is well-known for doing amazing shows centered around women. Um, some of his best shows are centered around women. We've got Wonderfalls and Dead Like Me are both centered around amazing, strong Even women. Even his yeah. made-for-TV version of Carrie made the character stronger than we'd seen in previous incarnations. Yeah. He, stronger. he also has a tendency to cast women of color, which is super exciting. He said that Angela Bassett was like his dream pick, who is also my dream pick, and if we got Angela Bassett, I would pass out on the floor and then die. So, <laughs> All right, so don't cast Angela Bassley because I we don't want that to happen. We but, can uh, resuscitate her. It's fine. Right, 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 right. Cool. Um, okay, so other highlights from the day. What are the merchandise? Hey, what do you ladies think? I, I, the whole time I'm saying I don't want to talk about only women's issues, but here I go again. Um, because I never talked. My wife does not want to talk about Star Trek with me ever, so I have no women to talk to about this. Um, the Mac booth in there. Wow. That's yeah. a good thing, right? That's Oh, you're wearing Seven of I'm Nine. I'm wearing it. She's wearing, wearing it. Yeah. I was wearing some earlier. I think we all kind of got a little psyched up over that. It's uh, it's like we were talking about right at the beginning, right? That Star Trek is seen as like a boys club. It's... It's wonderful that we're finally being marketed to. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you it laugh, sounds but ridiculous. Please advertise to me. Please sell. I hate commercials. Yeah. I hate so, being marketed to. But. Like the first year I was here, we had our panel on women in Star Trek, and people were complaining about how there were no women's t-shirts in the vendor's room. Literally, oh. there were no t-shirts that were sized for women. And diff- people prefer their t-shirts cut different ways. Sure. But this year... Uh, I know Andy bought an amazing Beyond oh, you, dress. Oh, you bought the Anobos Beyond dress. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, there's. Uh, obviously, not all women wear makeup, but there's. There are more things for more range of people, right. regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, in terms of costumes, shirts, makeup, and it's just really good to see. I that. feel like things are changing on almost an exponential level at this point. Like well, you're it, talking about four years. When was that panel? Four years ago, you yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're also talking about like high quality makeup when mm-hmm. we talk about Mac. We talk about like the high fashion stuff here, and it's great that that's kind of going against this idea that everyone has about the nerds being the sweaty. Uh, rejects in the basement versus hey I, the that, that's who, me you're talking about versus the people who are having high quality high fashion makeup marketed to them right yeah. right it's pretty freaking cool <laughs> <laughs> although i really do wish we had had a, a ds9 character in their influence line mm. i really do um yes well uh that's true yeah you had seven <laughs> of nine if we make this one successful they'll give us janeway and they'll give us kira mm. Ooh, yeah 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 kira kira should be for jewelry though Kira will be all she coppers have, and yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, nice. The line is pretty fun, though. It's <laughs> yeah. it's daring. It's got a lot of metallics, which people are all about right now. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Well, I, you know, I wish I wore makeup. I don't. Um, Nothing's stopping you. No, no I, I, uh, I'm all, you know, actually, maybe it would look good on me. It'd bring you, out my eyes, I think you know. You could really rock 
the gold eyeliner cat eye. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Maybe if we filled in the eyebrows a little bit. I would get it in my eye, though. I'm very clumsy. I would. I'll take some practice. Yeah. There's one called Pleasure Planet. There's one called, like, Cause. My yeah. personal favorite is the lip gloss I bought called Cling It On. Oh, that's <laughs> What about the holodeck? Yeah. Holo. Holo. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So clearly we have, it's, it's, it's not a split decision. This is a four, four people saying, yes, this is a great thing. It's yeah. new. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. They also have a really good presentation. So, like, you walk oh, into yeah, the yeah, vendor yeah, room, yeah. and yeah. it's an amazing, I mean, you see the warp. You, I mean, uh, Sue and I got to catch uh, the two of the cosplayers doing Uhura and Spock doing the, the singing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they, you know, did that, that awesome scene from TOS where Uhura sings to Spock. I think it's really cool. Uh, I would love if they didn't test on animals. Yeah. Oh, I thought I heard yeah. that they didn't. They do or they so in order apparently we we've looked into this a little bit and from what we found, in order to sell products in China, China requires animal testing. So any literally any any makeup brand that yeah. sells their products in China does animal well, testing. And so it's really difficult to avoid and it's unfortunate. But isn't there oh so what they have I okay, I heard that they don't use certain chemicals in their line that right. other lesser brands do but testing on animals um yeah that's uh that's not great no. i don't know if georgia gracie would approve right right <laughs> testing on georgia gracie but themselves. you know what the, oh, the thing is there there are plenty of times where we've seen big advertisers dip their toes into a fandom and it's just very surface. Yeah. And yeah. you know, yeah. even if they had fans behind this or not at Matt Cosmetics, they did their research. They yeah, no. They made an effort to actually make it be Absolutely. something that the fans would enjoy yeah, it's, and it's, not it's, just be felt like we were being pandered to. Absolutely. Their panel was also amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, that woman Ashley is dynamite. It was it was not um like you say, it wasn't just like, oh, this is spacey. It was like, no, it's characters. It's yeah. seven of line, nine. There's and some we're gonna... glittery eyeshadow. It's space. Right. Right. This, they were like, no, this is the 60s aesthetic. This is what we think yeah. this character would want to emphasize. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, and, and the way that they did the line, the way they did the demonstrations on their panel, they said, this is how we modernized specifically Uhura. And here's how we think that Uhura would do her makeup if the show was made today. Mm -hmm. And that's what inspired the products that they made for her. And they did these demonstrations on stage. And it was just fantastic. Yeah. And they look wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. It was a hoot. It was a hoot. Awesome. Well, listen, I, we have taken a, a lot of your time. It's already now uh, getting late into the evening. It's almost 8 in the p.m. What are your plans for tomorrow? What's the big... Uh, I'm really excited to check out the 50 Artists for 50 Years exhibit again. Oh, it's great, isn't it? I it's saw so some fabulous fun. stuff in there. I'm a really big fan of Dan Mumford's work in particular. Which one is he? Uh, he did the great first contact poster in there, and a lot of his work is uh, horror-themed. He does a lot of horror poster redesigns, and I think that comes through actually really well for First Contact. It's Yeah, First Contact is a zombie movie. Yeah, it, it's yeah. the work of the zombies. It's yeah. Essentially, and he really yeah. plays with that visually, and I really dig it. And cool. also, he's just got this great sense of horror vacuity in his art that lends itself really well. Uh, tomorrow, Andy and I are going to be on Super Bridgemates, yeah. which is on the Rod Murray stage, and which is one of the things I think has really added to the con this year. That there's a third the stage, third stage yeah. that's really like interactive and fun. Uh, it's it's sort of like a a newlywed game kind of thing. Oh, that's our fun. our team is called the Council of Mistresses after Angel One. <laughs> As oh, a bit wow. of an ironic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you'll be able to find us with our shirts that say "A Woman's Place is on the Bridge." Awesome. And we'll be on that. And um, what is 
What's the time? I think it's 12.30. 12.30 on the yeah. Roddenberry Street. Oh, good. That means yeah. that you'll be free at 10 a.m. Uh, to oh. go to the um, the One Truck Mind panel. Well, yeah. Don't yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah, no, you got to be free and you got to yell and scream and give your opinions um, because we're doing tomorrow worst episodes ever of the entire that franchise. That can only be fun. I don't yeah. think you need to worry uh, about it. Code of Honor. <laughs> code of Honor is probably it. Um, but I think Shades of Grey just on principle is worse oh, just because it's so, it's so lazy. Hard. Yeah. Um, but then And the Children's Shall Lead is really awful also. We got but a lot to pick from. I think Code of Honor is That's probably the fun. worst. Um because it's just despicable. But yeah. um, if Code but, of Honor was excerpted in Shades of Grey, it would absolutely. Oh, that's the thing. Shades of Grey would absolutely. If Shades of Grey had some Codes of Honor in it, it would just it would like collapse like a like a black star and just just suck the, the gravity. Star? It would just be awful. Just be awful. Yeah. What 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 are you are itching to tell me something? Well, <laughs> no, just the, the you're not going to be able to tear me away from the main stage tomorrow, one fifteen. Because Gates McFadden's going to be on the screen. Oh, nice, awesome! And that TNG is girl. my bread and butter, and like Dr. Beverly Crusher, you're not you're not going to get me anywhere away from awesome. that stage tomorrow. Yeah, where's her <laughs> makeup line? Right? Good question. Yeah, like a blue, like a blue, a bluish, and then the red, and the maybe a little green for the yeah, Irish she, she episode. She wore a lot you know? of neutrals, so there were lots of browns in there, and yeah. they have a lot of those in the line already. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. she's copper too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Your big anticipation for tomorrow? Bridgemates. Yeah. Oh, okay. Super excited fun. for Bridgemates. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, it's hosted by Philip Gilfus, who uh, runs Earl Grey, really great podcast, and his you know, co-hosts run their team, Free Enterprise. And then to the journey, Tristan Rydell and Char Lynn Schmidt um, are their awesome team. It's Team Lizard Babies. So we're going to go up against uh, them. And, you know, it's a great group of people that are really good friends to us. And I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Awesome. And then we're going to crush them. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the fun. All right, cool. So uh, hopefully people that are listening that maybe haven't tuned in to Women at Warp now are going to be enthused and are going to want to sign up and subscribe and uh, give money to your Patreon and uh, send you things in the mail and, and just be your best friends. And uh, you can, we can follow Women at Warp on Twitter at, at Women at Warp. But if you need more Women at Warp in your life and that the main account is not enough... And you need each of each individual. Andy, you're at at first time Trek. I'm live tweeting my first time through Star Trek right now. I am in season three of DS9 and first season of Voyager. It is a treat. Oh, you're doing it like that. Yeah, that's the way order. to do it. Yes. Uh, so you're toggling between a DS. Yes. Okay, so I, I did that, and that's going to be really difficult because you're going to end like some of the awesome <laughs> DS9 episodes where it's to be continued. And you have to have the discipline to say no. <laughs> I have to see what's going on with the Kazon in the no, Delta Quadrant okay. right now. Spoilers. <laughs> see, okay. be careful. But yeah. see, um, I can do what I want. So no, 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 bullshit! I'm throwing down the gauntlet. No, no, you no, have I'm to saying, do it. Yeah. If 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 I decide I want to watch more DS9 instead of switching back to Voyager, I will. Do you agree with this, or do you yeah. say she has to do it? Do she it. She can do what she wants. <laughs> this is not. I'm not mansplaining. I'm just. I'm. I'm saying that I feel that if you want to do it. The, the the obnoxious and near slavishly autistic way of doing it as it was presented, 
you gotta you gotta be strong. I'm trying I, to pump I you will, up. Here. I will do my best to be strong. This was recommended. You can call to me. me. It's like being an AA. You can call me and I can say, No, you could do it. You could do <laughs> it. I, I, I believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was recommended to me by my friend Mike Schindler, um, and he is my guru for all things watch order. So okay. I follow what he says and uh, I trust him. All so. right, you know, and I trust you, Annie. You do what the way is right for you. I, <laughs> I do wanna, what I want. This is meant to be for fun. It's not meant to be. Um, what? Uh, where can one find you on on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Speltor. That's S P A L T O R. You're laughing at what me. What does that Speltor mean? That is like Skeletor um, spells. <laughs> <laughs> that that real talk is way back from high school. That is from my chamber choir uh, because uh, wherever they needed more voice parts, I was either singing soprano, alto, or tenor. So they smashed it together and called me a Speltor. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> and I've been using that for like 15 we years. Portmanteau <laughs> then. For yeah. <laughs> Grace, where does one find you? You can find me on Twitter at BoneCrusherJank. There's a story behind it, but I'll never tell. Okay, good. Bone, bone Crusher Jank with a K. Yes. And Jarrah, where does one find you? Uh, it's at Jarrah Penguin. Oh, God. Every one of these is I ridiculous. Know. J-A-R-R- Have you met us? J-H Penguin. J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin. Yeah. I love penguins. It's because I wrote a paper on the March of the Penguins in feminist film theory class in university. Oh, wow. What is the feminist... It's a March of the Penguins. Well, it's, it's a good... Um, story about uh, monogamy, right? About about yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, the penguins with one another. I wanted to pick the least likely film that anyone would analyze in my class, so I was like, animal documentary. Yeah. Also, I really like penguins, so yeah. no, they are I, adorable. That I, movie's great. I love March of yeah. the Penguins. I argued me? that it uh, that it ignored the existence of same-sex penguin couples. <laughs> um, Which Leslie no marries in Parks and Rec. But that's true. There are same-sex penguins, right? Yeah, there are. Just okay. look at the New York They've been multiple mm. uh, observed multiple times in zoos. I'm not entirely sure about the scientific literature on yeah. nature observances, but well, that was... well, that's just the thing. All right, so let's assume this is the homework for our listeners. Right, right. Yeah. Let's let. I mean, I'm going to say you're absolutely right. Unless it only happens in zoos, because the whole yes. uh, the whole raison d'etre of that film it's possible was that it was in the wild. But also, that's a great. Um, there is some great <laughs> gender um, sort of uh, you know the 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 the, the, the um, uh, what's it called when you uh, when you uh, when. But it's very late in the day. Um, <laughs> division of labor. Division of labor. Yeah. There's a great yeah. gender division of labor in that. Yeah. Um, and it's not all what you think. Like the man is, yeah. spends a lot of time it's at like, home. It's like half and half for emperor penguins, which are the featured species in yeah. of the penguins. A lot of times yeah. the, the man is, is staying yeah. home with the kid. And, and if and you're the, a fan yeah. of Doctor Who, I'd recommend Spy in the Huddle, which is narrated by David Tennant and all about penguins. Okay. All right. <laughs> what all is right. the one that's narrated by Ben uh, Cumberbatch? And he says penguin. That's was that's penguins of Madagascar for one. He can't say penguins. He says penguins. You know, penguins of Madagascar. I babysit a lot. Yeah, no, penguins of Madagascar. I think is a. I'm being 100 percent serious now. An underrated. Well, I think it's much better than Minions. Yeah. All of those dopey movies. And I, I gave that movie a, a, a pretty good review. It was a fun in, one. In The Guardian. You can Google it and find it. So much so that a friend of mine who has uh, two young daughters that were younger back then took them to see it and he was furious with me. He was like, that movie was terrible, it was so loud and obnoxious. I'm like, because you don't see a lot of these things. He, he's kind of doesn't, he's one of those dads that doesn't take their kids to the movies. They're very public television oriented family. Um, and that can like, only do bad things, look at me. <laughs> so anyway, 
Um, all right, we're going to end it on a penguin note then. Thank you. Penguin. Th thank you all four of you for stopping by. And we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.